All right, pastors versus preachers coming up here on the Better Sundays podcast at reachkeep.com. Welcome to the Better Sundays podcast, focused, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. Mike Holmes here in studio, back from vacation to spend a little bit of time with you talking about the difference between pastors and preachers and really sort of a contrast between the two. And you'll certainly get my opinion here in just a moment. I want to say thank you for everyone uh, that prayed for us as we're on vacation and uh, gone. I made it back to our studio just a few days ago. It has been traumatic. Uh, first of all, Wyoming got shut border to border with another giant blizzard. And uh, that shut, uh, boy, kept us out. My wife and I had to spend two days uh, in hotels just not too far from the border and just couldn't even get home. It was a challenge. And when we got home, we had frozen pipes and then we had water leaking all over, uh, soaking our basement. So we had quite an adventure there. About the time we got that dried up, I came over to the church building and to uh, be uh, uh, greeted with more water <laughs> and uh, we froze some pipes on our uh, between our second and third floor here at our old historic building I'll put a few pictures up for you and it's just was a disaster uh, our nursery was totally destroyed uh, our missionary apartment uh, gutted we today we had huge work groups stripped it down to the studs all the drywall shot I mean it's just been a it's been something else so anyway but I am back and I feel like I have been out of sorts for a couple of weeks but with the traveling and our thing at the missions uh, project on the reservation went really well and I'm excited about that and uh, just had a great time with my parents some of you know went to see my parents and uh, that was good spent some time with them I am though back to being Mr. Reachcape, and I feel like uh, uh, like totally disconnected for uh, a couple of weeks here. It has been uh, a real challenge, but uh, back in studio and ready to go. And we want to talk about pastors versus preachers. Okay, not that not that we get them in a big room and have a big rumble. Okay, uh, not that type of thing. And many times, pastors and preachers are synonymous. In fact, there's a huge amount of overlap. And I'm gonna play a few word games here with you that um, will kind of challenge you. The idea of a pastor is really someone that has, uh, he's a preacher with his with his shoes on, with the work gloves on, with the, you know, with the grit, with the, the out, with the application, with the tools in the hand, uh, in a sense. And many times uh, pastors uh, are just the guys that are really taking all the things that we preach, and, and of course they have to preach and they have to be good at it, pastors do, but they take all that and they get it down to the toolbox level. They get it down to where people are needing because they view everything different. Many times a pastor uh, will, or put it this way, a preacher will view the text, the historical accuracy, the syntax, uh, the alliterations, all the different things that a, a preacher can do with a, with a text, and that's a very good thing. But a pastor has to do all of that as well as at the end of the message, make it all apply to all these people with real names and real numbers. I mean, the real people who are out there. And so a pastor is kind of a preacher on steroids in a sense. Now, I think you need to be a good preacher. And I think, and we're going to talk about that with our nine fundamentals. We have a lot of things that will be uh, coming up here that are going to be very helpful to help you be better with your illustrations, better with your engagement, better with, uh, you know, kind of the whole, uh, the idea of, of creating 
creating uh, a thirst for a message and creating like a, a a, 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 an introduction that is not just sort of like a paragraph or something ahead of time to kind of set the message up, but creates the thirst and the hunger for, and then you come in with the message and solve it. So uh, we're going to go through all sorts of different things in our training coming up. But a pastor is someone that has to do all of that preaching stuff. But then they've got to, at the end of the day, they've got to make all this stuff work. They've got to spend time with the people they preached with. They are in the trenches with these people. I wrote a, a, a variety of different things here. Uh, uh, as many times the church is known, the church is known for its mouth, okay? We always, you know, the news will talk about the preacher said this, the preacher said that. When you have a pastoral mentality, mentality the church starts to be known for not just its mouth, but its hands and its feet and the action it brings into the community. And we firmly believe that you need to be engaged in your community. The book of Acts, these people, uh, you know, it says that they were, uh, they listened to the apostles teaching and doctrine and then boom, 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 boom. You read the rest of that in Acts chapter 2. All the application was going on because the guys in Acts chapter 2 were not just mouthpieces, but they were the handpieces. They were the feet. They got all these other things uh, going, and, and the Lord just really blessed in that community. And we want your church to be that way, too, where it is not just you are not just known for what you say, but you're known for what you do. And very, very important thing. And a pastor is a preacher who is known for what he does as well as what he is what he says. In fact, we say this often, and this has to do with kind of all your, your announcements and all the different things you do in your church, not just the sermon, you know, from, you know, 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock or whatever, the sermon portion, but your preaching is what you believe. Your announcements are what you're doing about you believe. A preacher oftentimes has to deal with the sermon. A pastor has to deal with the whole package. The announcements should be very, very important to you of the things that you are doing because they are the application. And by the way, if you're making announcements about things that are not important, then you need to rethink some of that. And, and we can talk about some of that too. But this is the idea that we are the hands and not just the mouth. I wrote down a couple other things. Pastors, um, uh, are more consumed often with the people. Okay. They, they love their library. They love their books, they love their commentaries, and they got them all on the wall. There they are on the wall. Got all my stuff on the wall, but I also got a town full of people. And they don't prioritize a library over the people that are out there. A pastor uh, is more, more consumed or often more consumed with this idea of the restoration of just the human wreckage that he sees all the time than he is caught up with, you know, alliterations and the fine-tuning of some of those things. They can't, you cannot forget that. A pastor sees the lame and the maimed, the blind and the halt, as well as the historical context and the accuracy of the scriptures. So he has to do both. A pastor has to have the 
has to have, you know, historically accurate. You've got to know your scriptures. You've got to be prayed up. You've got to have the Holy Spirit empowering your message. You've got to, you know, deliver it and fashion it in such a way that you make the sense of the scriptures. And on top of, of, of all of that, okay, a preacher does all that too, but on top of that, the pastor knows that he's got people that, you know, lost a loved one this week. He's got people that are just, you know, have made terrible decisions and are, you know, filled with wreckage. He has parents of, of children that don't know what they're doing, how to raise that. And he's, he takes all of that historical stuff and all that accuracy stuff and all the scriptures, and he makes an application to the people. That's why we say every Sunday, solve a problem. Take the scriptures, apply it, solve the problem. You got Band-Aids, put them on the people. You got the first aid cream, get it applied. You got splints, put it on there. You got an ambulance, go go pick up the people and, and haul them to the hospital. You are the application person if you are a pastor. Preacher, you do a lot of that stuff too, but a pastor has that application. Now, there are many times when preachers, uh, you are just brought in as a, uh, a, a visiting preacher, okay? And that uh, we're not talking about like just a visiting missionary. You understand that you're only there once or, you know, if you're there. I, I come in to train lots of times, and I train a church. We go through worker training. We do all sorts of, of different things with their workers. I spend all sorts of time training, and in a, in a day or two, I'm on the road and I'm gone. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about the preacher that gets caught up in just his skill set of preaching and he starts to forget that there's something else going on. Let me give you an illustration and this is kind of the danger of being known as a preacher or a pulpiteer and not having the application to it. Imagine if if you would for a moment that you're a, a very good baseball player and you are a pitcher and you can like throw you know a super nice fastball, nice splitter, curve, you know, you can do all that, all those kind of things and you got some really great pitches okay and you can get up there on the mound and there are times ninth inning close it out boom you get it you get it done and you're known as just a just a a, a, I don't say preacher, but just a pitcher, okay you are the guy that can throw the fastball and if you focus too much on that, okay you will not be the best team player that you can be. You need to be the whole package. You as a pitcher, okay, you, you spend half of your time, theoretically, half of every baseball game, you're on the bench. And on the bench, is that an important place? Absolutely. You can get the morale going. You can work with the other people. You can encourage other people. But we have all seen sports figures that have taken a single skill and it's all been all about them, and they're lousy in the locker room. They're lousy on defense. They're lousy in other, you know, other ways. They are not the complete player. The pastor is the complete player. He can do it all. He makes it all happen. He oversees this and this and this and this. A lot of that would be delegation. A lot of that would be having people help you do it, you know, building your team with your church, other topic uh, for a different day here. Okay. Not saying you got to be the man that does it all, but you really, a pastor sees way farther than just a sermon. A pastor sees beyond 12 o'clock and that, you know, that last little thing in that invitation or whatever, a pastor sees way beyond that because he sees the people that are out there hurting. Years ago, I worked with a uh, 
uh, a guy that was so incredibly cross-trained. He could do everything. He was an amazing guy. He was an old logger, and he had asked me to help him uh, do some, and I kind of sort of ran into him and asked him if I could help too, uh, you know, help him do cut some firewood and cut some lo- do some logging and had never done anything like that. It was the middle of winter, had some time off, and so I spent some time with this guy named Jim Paddock. He was a cool, cool old guy, and he was a logger that spent all sorts of time sharpening his chain saw. So, I mean, he would sit there at night and he'd sharpen all these little fancy square files that he got from Europe. And he meant he would do that. And when you would cut a tree down or he would cut a tree, he could cut through a log like that. And it wasn't a pile of sawdust on the ground. You'd reach down and pick it up and it was all strung together. It was like all like a giant, they were all shavings tied together. Never seen blades that sharp, never seen anything like that. So he was really good at the particular skill of cutting a tree down. But he also knew how to get the trees out of the forest. And uh, he was a horse logger, so he had a couple of his his old horses there. And he built this uh, big metal thing. And if you've ever done any skidding logs or anything like that, uh, they have a thing called a dray. And it pulls behind two big old Belgian perching horses. And uh, it's kind of a metal thing, and you just kind of stand on it. And he would, after he cut the trees down, he'd, he'd, he would he'd take his horses, yeah, yeah, you know, and he had names for them, I can't remember. And he would he'd get them up right there and they pull the dray up he would put the chain around the uh, the the thing and it would pull it up pull it up the next one pull it up the next one and he could haul about three or four big full-length trees after he limbed them out and all that and we would have them hooked onto there and then he would talk to his horses and he would and it was kind of funny i mean his his lingo with the horses was like hop 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 you know th- those meant something to the horse for sure and he go hop 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 and the the horse would take off. The two horses would take off and pull the logs and take off out of the forest on their own. And the first time we did it, I like, aren't we like going with them, the logs? Aren't we going to ride on the dray and go with them? And no, don't worry about it. His wife was down at the landing about a mile, mile and a half away where we're out of the woods where the a logging trucks would eventually come and get the logs. And she would be down there. Those horses would go unassisted all by themselves through snow that's like over your head, just beautiful deep snow. And they had built this trail back and forth. The horses would go a mile and a half on their own pulling those logs. They would get down there. She would, you know, undo them and she'd go hop, hoop, heep, you know, whatever the opposite was. And the horses turn around and come all the way back. And by then we'd have two or three trees back on the ground. It was just an amazing thing. It was the complete package. He wasn't just good at, at just a saw thing. Okay, he was good at getting the logs to market. Okay, and that's a little lesson there that I want to just share with you. We got to get it to market, so to speak. We've got to we got to get the people out there living for God. And a pastor has that kind of passion built into them that is beyond just the delivery of a message. Now, I am the first to admit that it is the Holy Spirit's power into the lives of people from how can they hear, you know, how can they believe without a preacher, you know, that, uh, that type of thing. They, we have to preach. But a preacher then also that does a bunch of all these other things, the application, gets it out, works with people, talks to people after the sermon, all about his message, spends time, you know, with them in the hospital, with them here, doing this. A preacher that does all that has a wonderful name and it's called a pastor, okay? And so a pastor versus a preacher, in my mind, okay, you can tell who the winner is. And we want you to be the very best 
pastor that you can be. I want you to be a great preacher, okay, awesome preacher, but I want you to be the best pastor that you can be. And so we're going to spend some time over the next several weeks kind of dealing with that. So uh, I appreciate you taking time to listen to this and spend time with me. If this has been important to you, um, do me a favor and hit the the thumbs up thing uh, on YouTube there if you're watching this on YouTube, or make sure that you subscribe to this on your podcast listening thing, or you subscribe on our YouTube channel, and that helps get us around the world and help out. So uh, please join me next week as we continue to dive into this. We're going to get, as a promise, get into some of the nuts and bolts of how to do you know sermon outlines and, and uh, fill in the blanks and some things along that line and how to make the application go, and how to get your hands uh, into the, how to, how to be known for your hands and not just be known for your mouth. So thanks for being with me uh, today. Thanks for praying with us on vacation. Pray for our church. Sinclair Baptist, as we recover from this uh, devastation uh, of all the, uh, the the water damage, and uh, I know God's going to work it all out. We had a great work crew in here today, and great spirit, and so excited uh, about what God does when whenever there's down disasters and things like that. It's such a great time for for people to come together, and uh, that's a powerful thing. And that's something a pastor does too. Is you know, you got a disaster in your church, whoosh, pulling people together, and that has nothing to do with the sermon, uh, but that has everything to do with being an awesome pastor. So Mike here at ReachKeep.com, thumbs up, subscribe, give us all the good stuff, and uh, we will catch you here next week at the Better Sundays podcast at ReachKeep.com.